morning. If I haven't gotten a chance to meet you yet, my name is Kari. I'm the executive pastor here at Puget Sound Foursquare, and I am so glad to be with you. I'm, I'm, I'm real excited for today. You ever feel just a little bit pumped, like you walk into a room and you're like, all right, here we go. Because what the Lord is going to do this morning is good. It's really, really good. But before we talk about that, I do want to mention, you know, Pastor Lance said he is on his sabbatical. He and Paulie are on sabbatical. And guys, guess what? They're coming back next week. Can you believe it's been eight weeks? I can believe it's been eight weeks. Um, but it has been an incredible eight weeks of growth. It has been an incredible eight weeks for them to healthily, intentionally say, we're going to take a Sabbath, right? Sabbath sabbatical. That means that intentional, holy, godly rest. It was not, they did not go on sabbatical because of an emergency. This was planned well in advance. But it was investing in our church, investing in the ministry here. And God has been faithful every single step of the way. I have to say, church, you know, uh, right before Pastor Lance left for our family, on the, the, our family meeting day, I, we were praying for him, and I got up here and I said, church, in the next eight weeks, will you show up? There are times during sabbaticals that, church, that, that people in the church will say, oh, the pastor's not here, I don't have to be here, and not come. But we encouraged you, and I specifically encouraged you to say, will you come more? Will you show up earlier? Will you stay later? You are the church. You know, the church is not the personality of the pastor, is it? It's us together seeking Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit in our midst. And I have seen, and, I, and I'm sure you have seen too, God has grown our church. Do you know that? We have literally grown during this time spiritually, in people. We have seen just incredible testimony happen. So thank you, church, for being faithful in this time. God is faithful, and thank you for showing up. Today, we're talking about healing, and, and it's funny, healing is on my mind a lot. Do you know that during this sabbatical, and actually all the time, our pastoral staff and support staff, we have a number of people on the staff of our church, we have a group text going all the time, um, and it's for work purposes, like, hey, I'm going to be a few minutes late, but have any of you been in a group text for a long period of time before, like a really long period of time? You start to develop your own dynamics, don't you? Like, even though the group text should be for one thing with your adult siblings, you're actually just texting about, like, can you believe this happened? You're teasing one another. In our staff text, we see that all the time. In fact, though our staff text really should be for, like, hey, I'm going to be late, the number one purpose of it is for sending memes and gifts to each other, right? <laughs> it's to tease each other. It's to make jokes. The second purpose is to call out each other's Enneagram numbers. And the third purpose is to talk about whose kids are sick. Not like your guys's, but ours. We have a, a fairly young staff with a lot of young kids, and we live life together. I mean, we share nannies at times. And like, if one of them is sick, have you experienced this with, with maybe yourself just in your workplace? If one person is sick, you just watch it spread like wildfire, right? Like, you know, like, oh, no, Oakley's throwing up. And then everybody's like, oh, I feel a little bit nauseous too. You know, like the majority of the gifts and the memes are like, you know, like spraying Lysol and like, you know, whatever it is. But also it's that we say, hey, I'm praying for you. Oh, Jesus, help us. How are we going to make it through this one? Now, amen, our kids' immune systems are going to be awesome when they're adults, right? But also that place of healing is, is, is in that small way something that we are seeking really, really regularly. Because sickness is something that comes on all of us, doesn't it? All of us. Sickness is in the human race. 
big and small, the physical, the spiritual, the emotional, we are just, we're all headed in the same direction. And we all have sickness that we need to be healed of, whether it be in our bodies, whether it be in our relationships, codependency, right? Addictions that happen in our minds, mental health. There's sickness everywhere. And in our series, this is the last week of our eight-week series called A Little Touch-Up, where we are going back to some doctrinal issues and saying, Lord, though you have taught us this before, sometimes we just need to do a little touch-up on the wall, don't we? Go back to the things that we know and study scripture to say, Lord, what is it that you say about this? Because Pastor John Erickson, when he started this series, he talked about how our lives are much like, you know, say that we're this graffiti-filled, dinged-in wall. When Jesus comes in, he gives us a fresh slate, clean slate with a with fresh coat of paint. But over time, questions and hurts could become kind of almost like handprints on the wall. And over time, all you see is the handprints. You don't see the clean slate anymore. And I believe that this morning, as we get into talking about healing, true, and I'm not talking about like casual healing. I'm not talking about like I got a scrape and over the course of a week, it's healed. I'm talking about supernatural, divine healing. When we talk about that, I think that there are probably more handprints on the wall. Thanks, Gina. There are more handprints on the wall than maybe any other subject, more hurts disappointments, places of victory, but places of conflict, bad teaching on the issue of healing, supernatural healing. And so this morning, I want to get into that. Maybe we're in the afternoon now, but can we pray together first? Let's pray. Lord, I feel so humbled to be able to speak on this issue. Lord, thank you that you are the only one who heals. And it's not up to me. Lord, I, I know that this week, the enemy has not wanted this word to come. I have faced enormous opposition in getting here. And this morning, there are people here have maybe faced enormous opposition in getting here as you speak about healing. And Lord, I know that there are people who should be here who are home and have called out sick, who couldn't be with us. Maybe they're listening online. But Lord, wherever they are right now, Lord, I pray that you would come in your power, by the power of of your spirit, Lord God. Would you speak to us about your word? Would you speak to us about healing? And Holy Spirit, I pray that as I speak and as hearts are receiving from you, that faith would rise in this place. Faith would rise up, Lord God, that healing would come. And Lord God, that we would see you in your fullness, Lord Jesus, and that all we are would just fall away. There is no other name under heaven and earth by which we are saved. You are our living hope. And Lord, this morning we declare that the grave has no claim on us because we are found in you. Lord, I pray that those that don't know you would find you today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Guys, I could just pray for an hour. I feel ready. You know, I'm a, I'm a note follower when I preach, but we'll see what happens today. Woo! All right, guys. So healing, you know, many people believe that healing is really for the Bible times, right? For the biblical times. We see it all through, especially the New Testament. When Jesus came onto the scene, he healed people. He healed, blind eyes opened, the dead were raised back up to life, ears were open, the deaf could hear. You could see, you know, uh, people who could not walk were starting to walk. 
And then after Jesus rose from the grave and went back up to heaven, he sent his disciples out and he said, go and heal people by the name of Jesus. And the disciples saw healing. We see it all over the New Testament and the Old Testament too, actually. But there are so many people who say, you know, that was for then. It's not for today. And I I can understand sometimes when people look around and they say, okay, if that's so important, then where is it in the church? Where is healing? Where is the healing that Jesus said he would bring? Why aren't we seeing this in our midst? Now, church, I know it's for today because I have been healed. I talk about it all the time now. I didn't used to, but I talk about it. I can't shut up about it. You know, when when my, my testimony was that I was depressed and ready to commit suicide, and Jesus healed me of depression when I was 16 years old, and I've never been the same again. My husband has had healing in his life. And again, I've shared this before, but it's, it's worth repeating. He's seen, you know, he had a one leg shorter than the other. He saw one leg grow to the other one. He had his cheek bitten off by a dog. His mom prayed for him, took her hand off his face, and it was completely healed. Two of my children, you know, my kids are five, two, and seven months old, and the older two have already seen miraculous healing in their lives. They're young, and God is working today. Can I ask uh, us in our room, and I want you to be bold, if you have seen or experienced the healing of God, would you raise your hand up high? I mean, real high. Guys, can you look around? Everybody, look around. Do you see those who have experienced healing in here? Now, if you are, thank you guys, if you are somebody that thinks, I don't know if healing is for today, I don't know, I could understand you saying, like, well, I can explain away one or two people in this room, but think about a room this size. It's a finite amount of people here. And what percentage of people in this room have said, I have experienced or seen healing? Church, is healing happening today? Yes. It is in our midst. But why do we think that it doesn't exist? I I think a big part of it is we don't talk about it. You know, earlier this week, just actually a couple days ago, I was hanging out on on my deck watching my kids play in our yard. And I was asking the Lord that question. I said, Lord, where is the healing? Lord, what, where are the testimonies? Because I know that I've experienced it, but people don't talk about it. We don't share with one another the healing that God has done. And I believe that it is actually so common, but no one's talking about it. The Lord said to me, he, he brought my eyes over to like one of my neighbors. There's, we have these neighbors that are kind of kitty-cornered to us, you know, like a house over across the street. They're an older couple. The woman, she's, she's 82 years old. Uh, I've met her just twice, but I know that they're believers. And the Lord said to me, I want you to call her and ask her to share testimony of healing with you. And um, I'm not usually that full of faith, guys. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> but I picked up my phone and I said, hi, you know, I'm your neighbor. And would you come over tomorrow and share with me testimony of healing? And she was like, Woo, hallelujah. Yes, I will. She was ready to come over. She barely slept that night. And so yesterday she came over and we hung out for two hours and 15 minutes on my couch. And she just told me about healing and that she has seen in her life and her husband's life. We talked about some other things, but it was just story after story after story, specifically about her husband. And I, I can't share all the stories, but one that was, that was so great was her husband um, in the early 80s broke his back, um, just fully broke his back. And he went into surgery, and he got um, a steel rod put in his back to keep him you know, together. And I don't know how much later, maybe a couple years later, he went to prayer, and he had, um, he went to like a revival, and he, and he got prayer, and the Lord healed his back, and he was amazed, and he knew the Lord has healed his back, so he went back to the doctor, 
And they said, your back, is, like, your back is fine, and there's no steel rod here. The Lord had taken it out of his back. And she told me story after story like this of his life, of, of being diagnosed with something and then coming back, and they said, we don't know what happened. And then at the end, she said, and I've seen some healing. She was, ah, you know, she said, in my early 30s, or my, mind you, she's 82. She said, in my early 30s, I was healed of cancer. And I was like, what? Why are you talking about some healing? That's some healing, Amen. But I really think, and I can be this person too, you guys. I do believe in the healing power of Jesus, and I have seen it in my life, but because it has become so familiar, I stopped talking about it. Because it is, I do believe in it so freely, and I see it happening, I don't necessarily want to tell people about it, because what's the point? Doesn't everybody know? If you are someone that's received healing, can I tell you, people don't know. Can you tell people about what Jesus has done? And if you are somebody that wants to see healing happen, will you ask people, do you have any testimonies about healing? You'll be shocked at what starts coming out of people's mouths. So why do we need healing? Well, church, we need healing because we're sick. I know that there are are people who um, say, "I, I can never follow God. Everyone says that he's this loving God. But how can you follow a God that allows suffering and sickness in this world? Do you see the depravity of humans? How could God create that? But do you know that God did not create sickness? It was never in his intention for humanity to experience it. When God created Adam and then Eve and his image, and he, and he put them in the garden, do you know that he never wanted them to have suffering or sickness or disagreement or death or whatever? He didn't want any of it to happen. He didn't create it. But when they chose sin, that entered the human race. And by our choice, we have brought these things on ourselves. Now, if you think it's just them, no, it's all of us. Every person has sinned. Romans 5.12 says, Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin, and in this way death came to all people, because all have sinned. Now, guys, I'm going to get real teachy here. You know, there's the teachy and the preachy. We're going to lean a little bit on the teachy side for a bit, because I think that there's something really important to grasp. When when humanity had sin enter their lives, we call this the fall of man. And the fall of man is, is that removal from God's original plan and death came into the world and our sins are too big for us to carry on our own. And two distinct things changed. So there's the nature, the, the, um, we have our sin nature that now is within us. That our spirits are corrupted by sin. And that's one side. But on the other side, our physical bodies are also corrupted by sickness and death. There are two sides of the fall. And when you come to church, we will so often, I mean like mass majority talk, about Jesus wants to forgive your sins. And it is true. I don't want to put that down at all. But do you know that's only half of the gospel message? It's the message that brings you to the cross. It's the message that brings you into eternity with him. So I don't want to downplay it. But the other half of the gospel message is the healing of our bodies. And I say that a little scared. Because I know that that can be controversial and that can be strong. But I have been studying scripture and this is what I see. And we have to share what the gospel says That the healing of our bodies is available to us when we come to Jesus. You know, in the Old Testament, before Old Testament is just the time in the Bible before Jesus came. 
And in the Old Testament, God provides, I think many of us know, that God provides a way for sin to be forgiven in the Old Testament, though Jesus had not come yet. And that was through the sacrificial system, sacrificing of animals for our sins so that we can be forgiven and be in the presence of God. And um, I don't have time to get into that today, but do you know that that's just one side of the fall? Do you know that God also brought a healing covenant for the other side of the fall, even in the Old Testament? In Exodus 15... 25 through 26, it says, Then Moses cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. He threw it into the water, and the water became fit to drink. I mean, I think we all know, like, if you're drinking some nasty water, you're going to get sick, right? There the Lord issued a ruling, an instruction for them, and put them to the test. He said, If you you listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands and keep all of his decrees, I will not bring you, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Even from the beginning, redemption always included healing. It is a part of of the redemption that we need. Now, when Jesus came onto the scene and he started, you know, Jesus had a three-year ministry here on this earth. And when he came, he immediately started healing people. And I, this week, have learned that I had maybe some uh, misunderstanding of why it was he does, has done that. I've preached here before that it was because of his compassion and his love for us. He didn't need to heal And I would say, yes, it is because of his compassion, but that's not the full picture. I actually think now he did need to heal. Because when he came, he was addressing that side of the fallen nature of man. That he says, I will not just come to forgive your sins, but I will heal you of your sickness. And I will give you eternal life. If sickness is a spiritual problem, then it must have a spiritual cure. The New Testament has a covenant for healing. It says, if any, it's James... 5, 14 through 16, it says, if anyone is among you sick, is anyone among you sick? Let them call on the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make this sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for each other so that they may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Jesus came to this earth and he healed our bodies and then he went to the cross and he died for our sins. You know, when we take communion, it is that picture of the dual nature of our need for redemption. We take the bread, which is his body that was broken for us, for our healing. And then we take the cup, which we we drink juice in our church, but that, you know, the, the juice or the wine, which is the picture of his blood for the forgiveness of sins. Do you know that when you take communion, you are taking the full picture of redemption in the gospel? Isn't that good? Maybe I haven't been listening to church, but I didn't know that until this week. So healing happens when we come in contact with Jesus. Healing happens when we come in contact with Jesus, whether that be physically, spiritually, emotionally. When we come in contact with Jesus, we become more like him, which is healing our fallen nature. And today we will pray for healing. I don't want, I don't want to misunderstand. And guys, I got a lot to get through. And so we'll cut some, we'll go longer some places, but I just want to follow what God is doing. I believe that the Lord wants to meet us today. And so I, when two people are meeting, if one person is unwilling to meet the other person, right? 
If you're, if you're going to meet someone else, and I'm walking over to Gina, but Gina doesn't walk, want to walk over to me, we're not going to meet, are we? And so I want to spend a couple of minutes talking about why and how Jesus comes and why and how we come so that we can come together in fullness so that heaven is touching earth and healing is released in our midst. So why does Jesus heal? Well, number one, because of the promises in his word. Do you know that healing is a promise in the Bible and God does not promise things he doesn't do. He does it because he's promised to do it. It's in order to reveal his will, to manifest the works of God because of his compassion and because of faith, not only in his ability, but also in his willingness. You know, if you're a follower of Jesus, you probably would say without a lot of problem, well, no, I think God can heal, but I don't know if he wants to. Does he have willingness to heal us? The Bible shows us very clearly that he does have willingness to, to heal us. When, when the leper, there's a man with leprosy, came to Jesus, he says, well, Jesus, this is Luke 5, uh, 12 through 13. He says, well, Jesus was in one of the towns. A man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell to his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. If you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. He said, I am willing. Be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. I know that within our church and within the body of Christ, there is hurt and pain associated with the question of the willingness of God. Is God willing to heal us every time that we ask? You know, in my own life, I don't, I, don't want, I don't want to misrepresent my relationship with God and relationship with healing. My brother, some of you know this, um, is severely autistic. I mean, very severely autistic. He's 23. He doesn't talk. He has the words of maybe, he has maybe like two or three words. And he has a lot of love and relationship with us. Um, but it's the most severe form of autism I've ever seen. And um, some other mental health issues. And church, my family, and I can cry thinking about it, my family has spent year after year after year after year asking God for miraculous healing. I was blessed to be raised in a family that knows Jesus and knows the healing power of God and stands on the word of God. And I have seen my mom ask God for years and fast and pray and cry out to God. And as of today, it has not happened. And that has created hurt within me that I've had to have the Lord heal over and over and over again. But we have seen healing in some areas of his life. There was a time um, my aunt and uncle used to work for TBN, you know, Trinity Broadcasting Network. And um, they knew Benny Hinn. Anybody know who Benny Hinn is? So they knew Benny Hinn. And so when my brother was diagnosed a little bit after that, he was three years old. So this is 20 years ago. And my uncle said, hey, you know what? Um, let me get you tickets to Benny Hinn, and, and, and your brother's going to be healed. Oh, he didn't say this to me. I was like eight years old. Um, but he said to my mom, your son's going to be healed. Let's just bring him to Benny Hinn. And so that sort of a situation, you know, it's an auditorium full of hundreds and thousands of people. And my uncle got my mom front row tickets to Benny Hinn with, with her three-year-old autistic son who had more energy than I have ever seen another child have in, his life, in their lives. He's a little toe-head, just real cute, but could not sit still. Oh, could not sit still. Was, you know, would just run constantly. And so my mom gets to this auditorium saying, I want 
the Lord to heal my son. And she looks at those chairs and she says, I cannot bring him up there. She's looking at the camera on the side. Like she's looking at the whole thing saying, there is no way. So she takes him to the back of the auditorium and she said, Lord, I know that you can heal. And I know you can heal me here. You know where I am. Will you heal my son? And as I said, he was not healed of autism that day. But there's a moment when she was standing back there that she felt a wind blow through just right in front of her. And she felt like the Lord said that he was healing Chase's digestion. Chase had had some massive digestive issues. Um, It created a lot of trouble for us. And from that moment forward, he was different. The inside of his body had changed. He no longer had that digestive issue. And it made our lives so much more easy and manageable that we were able to take him places. And it, it was wonderful. But I cannot tell you that when I speak about healing, I don't just think in my mind, but what about my brother? What about my family? But I look at scripture and I see that Jesus, when people came to him, he never said no. Never once did Jesus say no. There were times that he waited. There were times that he started a work in them and it was completed over time. But Jesus never said no. Can you imagine if he had said no just once? Just one time, can you imagine if Jesus said, healing is not for you? Think of the millions of Christians who would come to Jesus and ask for healing, didn't receive it, and would never come back again. Think of over time how many people would just use that as an excuse to say, I'm not knocking on that door. But the book of James tells us that we do not receive because we do not ask. And so in light of that, First, I've asked Jesus to heal my heart toward the area of healing for my brother. And then from there, I'm knocking. I'm asking Jesus to heal my brother. And I'm not going to stop as long as I'm on this earth. Because he's promised healing. Run to Jesus. He's such a good, loving, caring God. We serve a God who gives us grace and love. He chases us, he pursues us, he heals us, he restores us, and he reawakens us. And this morning, as we, as we come to ask God for healing, I want to go quickly through some points, because there are some things, the Bible tells us that our, there are some things in our lives that can stop healing from coming about. That it's not that we are unearning healing. Healing is not like a reward for our holiness. It's not like that at all. But like I said, when two people are meeting, one comes, and if the other doesn't come all the way, they don't meet. And so there's an encouragement in scripture for us to get our hearts and our minds right as we come to Jesus for healing, to deal with what's going on inside. So if you want to ask Jesus for healing, number one, follow him, believe in him as Jesus, as Savior, as Lord. I I don't want to say a Christian, but be a Jesus follower. Be saved, forgiven. There are promises in Scripture for healing, but it only is promised to the believer. It's only promised to the Christ follower. Now, Jesus does heal people that don't know him yet, but the promise is for the believer. Isaiah 53, 5 says, But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds, we are healed. Number two, if you are coming to Jesus, come with faith. The Bible says you need to come with faith. Stir up your faith. Talking about healing stirs up your faith, doesn't it? 
It makes you, it brings back up that belief, oh, I know who God is. I will not stop chasing him. Yes, I bring up faith with inside of me. Now, faith, when someone is praying, faith in the person who prays is important, and that can bring about the healing. Mark 16, 17 says, and these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. But also, the person who's receiving the prayer, faith brings about healing, brings about God's healing. Hebrews eleven six says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who seeks to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Do you want to step out in faith? One of the best ways you can do it is just literally by asking for prayer from another believer. That stirs up your faith real quick. That's exercising the faith that God has put inside of you. But before I move on, I just I want to point out that there are some Christians, unfortunately many Christians, who have used this issue of faith as a shame on people. That if you don't see healing, well, then you don't have enough faith. If you don't see healing, well, why don't you rise up your faith? It is your fault that you're sick, is what people will communicate. Guys, do you know that is not the will of God? That is not the voice of God. That is the voice of the enemy. How do you feel when you're seeking healing and you haven't gotten the answer yet and someone tells you that you don't have enough faith and that it's your fault? What happens? Confusion, condemnation, discouragement. You run away from God and you hide. What does that sound like? That that sounds like the devil. That does not sound like God at all. You know, when Jesus said to the disciples, if you had the faith of a mustard seed, you could move mountains. I don't believe that God speaks that to us to condemn us. A mustard seed is really small. I believe that God is saying, bring the tiny little bit that you have, and that's enough. That's not to say, oh, you are so much smaller than a mustard seed. He says, no, anything you have will do. If you had faith of a a mustard seed, you could move mountains in my name. Bring the little you have, and let God fan that fire into flame and get bigger and bigger and bigger. He is good. Number three, if you're coming to Jesus to ask for healing, confess your sins. There are times that we keep sins with inside of us, and we don't want to tell anybody about it, but we're seeking healing, and we're not seeing it happening, and we don't know why. But it's because you're holding on to sin in your heart. The Lord wants to purify you with his blood, and he wants to heal you, but you need to confess your sins. I think one of the most... um, tangible ways that we can talk about this is in the area of addiction, right? If you want to be freed from addiction, you need to put your addiction out there on the table and stop hiding. Confess your sins. Be honest with the Lord about your intentions. I confess that there have been times that I have asked God for healing, not for his glory, but for mine. Lord, I want to be healed so that I can do X, Y, Z, and none of them have to do with the will of God. Lord, I want to be healed so that I can be one of those people that has a testimony and be cool like them. That's not, that's not for God's glory. It's for my glory. I know I'm not the only person. What are your intentions for coming to God for healing? James 4, 3 says, When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Get your heart right before the Lord. He, he sees it all. Just be honest. Now, don't look to the person who is praying for, him, for you. This is important. If you're asking for healing, don't look to the person praying for you, but look to Jesus. You know, when I get done preaching, 
Very often people will say, will you pray for me? I need you to pray for me. I don't want someone else to pray for me. I want you to pray for me. And I get that. I have been that person. Um, I have done that before. But the problem is, is that when you look to the person who is praying for the healing, you get confused. Because say the Lord heals you in that moment, who are you looking to after that to be your director, your savior, your disciple? You're looking to that person. You're not looking to God. And we're going to pray in a few minutes, and when we do, I'm not going to come down there and pray. I'm going to ask that the Christians of this church would pray for one another. Because we are not the ones doing the work, it is Jesus doing the work. Amen? Number six, stand in faith until the answer comes. If you have asked God for healing, keep standing in faith. Keep knocking on the door. Continue to seek him. And seven, continue to follow Jesus and obey his commands. Is Beth in here? Let's have, the, uh, let's have some worship going on. Guys, let's go back to James 5, 14 through 16. This is our New Testament covenant. Thank you, Beth. It says, If anyone is sick among you, let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Now, before we pray for healing, I believe that the Lord is, as I said, you know, in Scripture we see that he heals our mind, our hearts, our emotions, our body. But, you know, he also heals the church, this church. I feel like the Lord, uh, about a year and a half ago, the Lord gave me a word, and I've shared this with Lance, and um, he, you know, has agreed, and, and I, so I wanted to share it with you today. Uh, if you've been over to, in Tacoma, over to 38th Street on the east side, about a year and a half ago, I was driving through there, and there was massive restoration work happening there, um, tons. And I was stuck in traffic um, and sitting there and looking around. And I saw a building over to my left, and it's a building I'd seen multiple times. I love, my husband and I love old buildings. We love the restoration of old buildings. And it's one that I'd seen and I had always admired because it had beautiful brickwork and the, and the framing around the windows was just incredible. But on top, it was, it was uh, surrounded by a tin awning sort of a thing. Um, not too dissimilar to what we have on our church, you know, for our awnings. And it was, it was just patched on there. And I was, and as I saw that building, I'd seen that they had taken off in the restoration, they had taken off the tin patch, the tin off the side of the building in one spot. And what I had always considered to be a beautiful building, I saw that at the top of it, there was just this incredible intricate work on top, you know, like little statues and little, you know, like curly cues, you know what I'm talking about, just beautiful intricate work on the top of this building. And it was decaying. Where the rest of the building looked really good, that was decaying. And they had taken the tin off so that they could start restoring and repairing that. It was really the glory of the building. They were starting to restore it. And the Lord spoke to me in that moment. He said, Kari, that is your church. That's Peter's on Foursquare. But this church, if you haven't been around for a long time, we're actually coming up on 40 years of being a church. It's incredible. Churches fold super quick these days. Praise God for a legacy. But that the Lord had said that there have been years, there's been time in years past where the crowning glory of our church 
was the things of the Spirit, the prophetic and healing and and, and the baptism of the Holy Spirit and that experience with God, that there was intricacies that he was doing here and that it had gone under rot and decay. And in an effort to protect the building, we had to put up some tin siding. We had to protect it from the elements to stop the decay. But as they were taking that off the top of the building, I felt the Lord speak so clearly. He said, this is the time for Puget Sound Foursquare to return to its crowning glory. I am going to start repairing and restoring that which we thought was lost. And I have been waiting for the moment that the Lord would release me to speak this word. And I've been praying it over the church and sharing with people and saying, Lord, when is the time? You know, our theme this year is reawaken. And I believe the Lord wants to reawaken the gifts of the Spirit in our church. And guys, I believe the time is now. As Lance went on sabbatical, we believed as a staff that he would do that and God would start breaking down walls and barriers by his step of obedience and faith. That he would raise up this church to stand taller and stronger. And I believe that now is the time that the Lord says, I want to release my spirit in this place. I want to restore the former glory. And I want to bring salvation to many, healing to many. So church, let's pray because he is the one who spoke that. I'm not. He is the one who spoke that. Holy Spirit, we come to you right now. Oh God, you know the depth of our need. I feel like the Lord is saying right now that there are people here that he wants to say to you, I see your prayers. I see your hurting. I see your longing. You think I've forgotten you and I have not. Lord, it is not for our glory, but it is for yours. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Lord, I do not want to forsake the full preaching of the gospel. Would you heal us, Father? Would you spread healing? Lord, you say there's healing in your wings. Healing on the tails of our prayers. Father, come, come, come. Lord, I pray for faith to rise up within us. Now, church, if you want to be prayed to be healed, prayed for to be healed, I'm going to ask a big thing of you. Would you stand to your feet? Would you stand up? Because we want to pray for you. Church, look around. There are people standing. Do you want to be healed? It's not too late. Stand to your feet. Say, Jesus, I want to meet you. Stand to your feet. And if you are a Christian, there are so many people here, I don't know if we can get a hand on every shoulder, but if you are a Christian who believes in Jesus as the healer, as the Savior, would you put your hands, would you stand up and put, your, put a hand on somebody around you? Because it is God who heals. And if you are asking for healing, would you just put your hands out in front of you like you're receiving something? Holy Spirit, come. Now start speaking those prayers of healing. Speak them out from your own mouth. Lord, I pray that our hearts would be right before you, that we would confess our sin, that our intention would be good, that we would believe in your name. Lord, would you remove every ounce of disobedience beside us? Lord God, we come to you and we ask for your healing. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He will not forsake you. Thank you, Jesus. 
God, I pray in Jesus' name, your spirit would be here. Your power would be here. We speak to depression. You must leave in Jesus' name. You don't get to be here anymore. In Jesus' name, get out. We speak to cancer in Jesus' name. You have no place in these bodies. Get out. By the power of the blood of Jesus, Lord, we plead your blood over us. We speak to anxiety. You are not a friend anymore. Get out in Jesus' name. We pray for healing in this place, Lord. I pray for limbs to lengthen, Lord Jesus. I pray for hearts to be healed. I pray for the heart that is on the edge of a heart attack. Lord, I pray that that heart would be reversed and healed and made new. Would you save us, Lord God? If death is just sickness matured, Lord God, would you take away our sickness and let us live with you? And Lord, I pray for belief to be in hearts today. Lord God, that as we leave this place, that belief and faith would rise up and that unbelief would have no place within us. Lord God, that the work you're starting right now would continue. He who starts a good work will complete it. And Lord, I pray for the tender hearts that are asking, where are you, God? Holy Spirit, would you be here now? There's no other name. Lord, we sang it today, but there's no other name like yours. Jesus, Jesus. We love you, God. Would you complete the work that you started? In your name we pray, amen.